Hi everyone, my name is Kavya Sharma. I am a poet, a fiction author and an editor. I have two books to my name, The Calm Mind Memories, which is a poetry collection, and To Nadia, which is a women's fiction novel. Uh, apart from that, I've been published in various anthologies and literary magazines, including uh, The Bangalore Review, A Map Called Home by Kitab Singapore, um, 97 Poems by TTT, etc. And uh, I work as a freelancer. So I work as a commissioning editor for a publishing house in Delhi. Apart from that, I work as a creative writing trainer for various organizations. Um, I do freelance uh, fiction editing as well. And apart from that, I run my own uh, little literary organization called uh, The Verse of Silence. So yeah, that's much about me. Personally, I love dogs and uh, I'm a trained uh, Kathak dancer. I love rains and chai is my weakness. Yes. What actually piqued my interest uh, into writing uh, was um, I was very, very young when I started writing. I was 11 or 12 years of age when I started maintaining different kinds of diaries. So one was for song lyrics, one was for, uh, you know, poems, one was for Hindi poems, one was for short fiction. I had five, six diary collections and beautiful, beautiful diaries I used to collect. And um, actually what kind of uh, pushed it further was uh, I clearly remember my mother felt really, really ill when I was young. I think it was typhoid or something. And I got scared. I was like, okay, what is happening to her? What is what is going on? And uh, in that emotion, you know, to vent out what I was feeling because I was so overwhelmed with a variety of emotions. I was scared. I had my own fears and, you know, whatnot. So I ended up writing a poem and uh, it was a Hindi poem. Then there was no stopping and uh, I don't know. Initially, it started out as a vent, you know, to express whatever emotions were left in me. People usually think and, you know, it's a very typical stereotype that, you know, people who are introverts usually turn out to be writers because they can't express their emotions and whatnot. I think it's a very sad stereotype. Uh, I'm an extrovert and I love talking and I'm good with expression and, I, and I'm and i good with uh, emotional intelligence and all. Uh, but I still love to write. There are still emotions that I feel I can pen down better than I can talk about. So that is how I think my writing journey started. The more I started introspecting myself uh, and the more I started observing things around me, observing people around me, nature around me, little moments, little memories, nostalgia, you know, everything I started, you know, noticing carefully and feeling more than ever, I started writing. There was no particular reason as such, but then it grew so much as a passion. It grew so much as an interest that there was no looking back. I started participating in a lot of inter-school, inter-house competitions. I won a few, I lost a few. And then in college, I, you know, tried to be part of the editorial society. I tried going to various poetry reading events in and around Delhi and, you know, whatever new cities I was traveling in. So I think with that, I grew as a person. As far as brainstorming ideas is concerned, I think I personally call myself as an observant poet, as I said. I like observing little things, you know, family scenarios. And most of my poems are a mix of reality and imagination. Uh, I personally feel I'm very, very good with metaphors. So 
I take them very seriously. You know, I love uh, personifying things. I love making things look larger than life. So I use the art of metaphors and similes a lot in my poems, especially. And, you know, even in my fiction, I do tend to do that a lot. A lot of people tell me that my fiction sounds a lot <laughs> like poetry itself. It's like prose fiction. But yeah, you know, brainstorming ideas for me is more about observing and, you know, just sitting silently, taking note of every little thing, even a moving leaf or a, you know, fallen uh, petal of rose is inspiring enough for me to write. And then, of course, every person has his or her own set of personal experiences that they go through or, you know, second-hand transferred stories that they hear of and, you know, experiences that they can create art around so very carefully I try to weave poems and stories around of course my own experiences and experiences of people very close to my heart um, I do end up writing political scenarios and political satires and cultural satires and again I would say those are more out of what I've been seeing you know growing up as a child growing up as a woman and growing up as a citizen of India so a lot of things a lot of factors play into role when it comes to that uh, and you know I have this little you know space that I call my writing space I don't know to each its own some authors you know they can write anywhere and everywhere they can you know go in metro rides and you know among the crowd they can just get their diaries and pens out and they can start writing for me I like to create my own little peaceful subtle calm soothing environment to write and honestly, I make sure I write every day because it is a very, very important activity for me. And it is not just a passion, you know. Um, I personally tell everyone because I take a lot of creative writing batches that, um, you know, people who has done MBA or people who's done doctor, you know, who's, who's a doctor, they go to their jobs every day. They can't say like, oh, I don't feel like operating today. I don't feel like doing this operation today. So let's not go ahead. I think then why do writers have to, you know, make so many, let's say, excuses and, you know, I have a writer's block, so I can't write for three months or six months straight out. I think as writers, if we are taking this up professionally, it's like any other job. Uh, the good part, the best part about it is that you actually want to do it. You are actually passionate about it. So, you know, why not do it with all the zest you have in you? So I leave no opportunity and I have a proper schedule maintained for myself and I make sure I write everything and I don't push myself a lot, but I don't let myself lose also, you know, very often. Otherwise, I personally feel that, you know, like the flow, the continuity, I would lose all of that if I take it up too lightly. So I like this, uh, one of a very close person to me, he gifted me, a you know, Russian lamp. It's a pretty, pretty lamp. I light it in my room. I sit on my bed. I have my own, you know, comfortable cushion. I have my pretty diaries and my favorite pen. And I start writing. I think that's the kind of environment I need around me. And personally, I prefer writing the, during nights. I think nights for me are a lot more calmer and soothing and quiet, especially than the daytimes. It's full of hustle bustle. Honestly, for some people, that is inspiring and I admire them a lot. When it comes to my books, you know, to Nadia and the Carmine Memories, as I said, in college, in school, I participated in a lot of inter-house, inter-school competitions. I was 19 in the second year of my graduation. I did English literature from IP College for Women, North Campus, DU. So, 
I don't know. I felt it was right. I was already working on a lot of poems, so naturally, a lot of my poems are poems based on feminism and you know women centric poems. And uh, so I was already collecting, you know, making my own collection, word draft. And the day I felt like okay, I'm ready, I'm set, and I think I should go ahead. I think it's the right time to take a leap, to take a big step, and uh, publish the set of poems that I'm working on. I was in the second year of my graduation uh, when the Karma and Memories released, and uh, a lot of my teachers were very, very happy. A lot of my professors congratulated me, and I think that was like the glorious moment of my life. Till now, I'm waiting for more such glorious moments, obviously. And uh, when it comes to two Nadia, after my graduation, I went on to do my masters in creative writing from University of Nottingham, England. And I remember this one time um, we were given like a lot of tasks, you know, to write scenes and to write poems on particular topics and whatnot. So one of my professors gave us a task where we had to write a very emotional scene between a mother and a son. And my writing style, particularly, is very Indianized in its approach. And honestly, I like it that way. So I wrote one, and when I presented it in front of the class after the class was done, uh, my professor really appreciated it, and he was like, "Okay, you know, Kavya, uh, you have a very good knack for emotions and details, and you do very well with it. Why don't you elaborate more on the story?" And I don't know. I I think that gave me a very very strong push to continue. And around that little story, I created a whole book, and that's when two Nadia happened. I think I was. 21 22 doing my masters in england any which way i was studying what was going on i was cooking i was washing my clothes i was doing everything but at the same time i was so inspired enough to find uh, you know little time in the night one hour two hour to write my book to nadia that's when i think it came into picture and i tried to experiment with experiment with it a lot i think i was 10000 words into it and then i was like okay what now i am stuck and then i read a lot and i personally feel and i tell this to a lot of people i talk to you know who are into art and into writing that it is very very imperative to be good readers to turn out to be good writers you know if you don't read enough you do not have enough inspiration enough exposure to write good so you know whenever i feel i'm lacking that motivation so i read a lot of books i read some of my favorite authors and all So you know Fyodor Dostoevsky, uh, Russian novels I love, and classics I love, Hard Time, and Jane Eyre, and all these books are my go-to books, kind of. Beloved by Toni Morrison is another book that I really, really like reading. The publishing process, of course, is tough, but I wanted to experiment as soon as I was done with the book. So you know, I thought, okay, I'm still in England. Let me see if uh, if I approach a few publishing houses with a very Indianized kind of manuscript, will I get approved? And you know, will people like it? So I submitted, and of course, after a few rejections, I think rejection is a very, very normal kind of a norm in the in our industry, in the publishing industry, in the writing industry. That's just bound to happen. Uh, not everyone is going out there is going to like your work for what it is. Not everyone is going to appreciate it for what it is. As they say, the beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. You have to find that beholder in your industry. So after the few rejections, um, there were two publishing houses. who actually accepted the manuscript and they were ready and they liked it and they wanted to start with the editing process i think that was when was the time i suddenly had this impulse that after i was done with my thesis and all i wanted to shift back to india and then i don't know i had this mindset in my 
you know, in the back of my head that I wanted to be known as an Indian author uh, and not as an Indian author writing in, you know, some foreign land. So I said, okay, if this process is this tough and it, if this is going to take this much of time, let me see how many Indian publishing houses like what I've written. So then my journey of approaching Indian publishing houses started. And again, after a lot of rejections, I got a few acceptances. I chose which one suited the best for me and, you know, you know, who liked my story better, who was, who believed in it, if not equally, you know, near to what I believed in my story. And then I went ahead. Publishing process though is, again, it's not an easy task. Publishing houses, they need, uh, you know, a well-written synopsis. Some ask for chapter-wise summary. Some ask for author bios. Some ask for market analysis, the comparative titles with your books and, um, you know, all sorts of details. So one has to be really, really prepared with all. For me, actually, it was a very, very new experience. I constantly kept on checking and rechecking if I'm writing well, if it is working well or not. And it is exhausting, to be honest. By the end of it, I was like, man, writing a book is more easy a process than, you know, getting it published. And then when it came to the sales part, I thought, oh, my God, getting accepted by a publisher is maybe more easier a process than selling your book. Because uh, Indian market, Indian markets are tough, you know. Um, one of the major hindrances that Indian writers and authors face is that nobody is actually willing to invest money into books. People will buy Netflix subscriptions and Amazon subscriptions and, you know, all those expensive things out there that they feel serves as an entertainment purpose for them. But when it comes to books, when it comes to reading, I think um, Indian readers are still... Like, it's, we are far, far away when it comes to, you know, approaching books as a source of entertainment, as a source of relaxation, as a source of a good time pass, you know. And then I know a lot of people, even if they buy books, they don't read it. It's just for the, you know, the whole idea of collecting books and, you know, presenting them and placing them beautifully in your room or wherever it is. So, I think, and I think one of, uh, I read one of these uh, interviews by a big time author and uh, he said that, in the Indian market, we have more writers than readers. And that's that's the kind of uh, flux that we are in, you know. So it's very, very important for Indian writers to kind of connect to their readers directly because each set of genre, whether it is romance fiction that you're writing, to Nadia is a women's fiction. It has a bit of romance. It has a bit of family drama. So whether it is drama that you're writing or romance fiction or suspense thriller or any sort of genre, there is a set audience for that, you know. But how do you approach that audience? How do you target that audience? So it is very, very important that you start building your readership before you actually come out with your books. It is important to connect with them by sharing little snippets and, you know, by sharing what kind of writings do you do. And uh, yes, if they follow you, if they like your uh, writing, if they are your true, true readers, those are the ones who are going to buy your book. So, yeah, it is. As Indian writers, it's still a tough call. We've improved a lot. We've gone a great deal ahead and, you know, but the target is still, still very small, still very limited. And approaching them and getting to them is, is tough. Yet, it's very interesting a process, I must say. Then, there is verse of silence that a lot of people ask me about and I, and I tell this with utter pride and, you know, utter honesty in my heart. It has been, over two years now that uh, Verse of Silence uh, came into place. And I clearly remember while I was in England, I learned this new concept of literary magazines. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I got to know about this uh, famous magazine called Agni. 
and i was like i read about it and i read the guidelines and then i realized that you know not everyone out there not every writer out there wants to publish a full fledged poetry book or a full fledged fiction book you know what if there is this writer out there who has this one beautiful piece of uh, short fiction or flash fiction or one beautiful piece of poetry and they want to get it published where do they go you know so that is when literary magazines came into picture and you know end up creating a pool of interesting poets interesting uh short fiction writers artworks and illustrations so i researched a lot about literary magazines and the day i read a lot about it and i i thought i had gained enough knowledge and when i came back to india i was headstrong decided that i wanted to start a literary magazine and provide a creative unbiased uh platform to writers across the world and uh, of course with a spe- special focus on india and um, Yeah so that is the kind of space i wanted to provide initially we started out with monthly issues but of course that got exhausting and we wanted to like work on a lot of interesting ideas online and offline as projects so one of our very very close to like you know very very close to my heart especially is a project called um, poetry in pamphlets so i am very fascinated with the idea of pamphlets and we don't have it yet in india like it is not much much noticeable right now so i came out with this yearly project called poetry in pamphlets so then we shifted our magazine issues to quarterly now we come up with summer issue spring issue autumn issue and winter issue and uh, we publish poetry short fiction artworks illustrations literary reviews everything and apart from that because we've done it quarterly so now that there is a pandemic and you know coronavirus is going on uh we have shifted our events to offline events as well so we do poetry workshops writing workshops we do poetry contests writing contests and uh, you know we are planning some really really good things i have an amazing team i must say and uh, they've been there with me through these two years and it's not a small like it's not a less amount of time it's a good amount of time you know where we are all struggling to make some space to make some name for ourselves you know to survive and i think my team is also my team also believes so much in this idea of creativity and spreading across and giving a platform and making a name and space that uh it works wonder that all of us are on a common page with this so the current projects that i'm working on are uh, you know i'm editing actually till december end i have five books to edit five fiction books and five different genres to edit so that's something interesting i'm working with a publishing house on that it's a co-author project and yeah i am going to edit five books uh my third book is also in the pipeline it is currently being edited and i'm working on the cover design and also yeah that's something that i've started working on against my normal writing style i worked a lot on the structure and i'm not sure if it would be easily understandable or not but i wanted to experiment and you know second third books uh, to release your second and third books is more scary because if your first book everyone likes it then you keep on wondering okay there everyone liked my first book what if they don't like my second and they start comparing and they're like okay she wrote such a good book in the first time and the next one is just like bah so yeah it's scary it is scary to nadia a lot of people loved to nadia i received a lot of love and you know attention uh, through that book so now i'm really really scared with the next fiction book that i'm coming up with and that's what i'm working on my own book five other books is the editing process and then there are a lot of plans going around words of silence so 
that is something that I can't obviously reveal right now. But yes, a lot of interesting ideas floating around and we are still in the planning stages. So can't comment much around it. Uh, but you know what? Around a lot of people also ask me, where do you see yourself 10 years down the line? And how do you see yourself growing as a writer? And I always say that, you know, honestly, I'm not someone who plans that far ahead. How do I see myself 10 years down the line? If I have a very simple and a sober picture around it, I would say maybe at a hill station, my own, my own little sweet house on some hilltop, you know, uh, I'm with my partner because I'm a hopeless romantic. So I need to have someone to be with, you know. Um, I love being around people and even if I have that one constant person, I'm sorted. So with my partner and um, a cute little dog, a cup of tea, my own writing space, beautiful. And I'm just imagining it's raining outside and I'm writing. That's what and where I imagine myself to be 10 years from now, maybe. And I know that deep within my heart, what I want is that I should feel that I've grown as a writer, that over the years, I've only, my writing has only improved, it has bettered. I have reached a lot more people than I, than I did maybe five years back. And that's what I intend, you know, I'm not gonna say I wish I get that award and this award and this writing award. You know, if that happens good enough, you know, that's just like wonders, I did wonders. But even if that doesn't happen, what I want is that I should be content as an artist and I do not want to ever, ever stop writing. That's my intention. So even 10 years down the line, I should be writing. I should be working on some poem or the other. I should be around, you know, in a very, very creative zone. And that's what I look for myself. Because I want with, through my work, that is my only intention to reach out to the kind of audience. And even if it's not a lot, even if it's not a lot of people, even if it is a very limited audience, I still want to cater to them for the rest of my life. For the literally for the rest of my life, I want to cater to them. I want to create art. Of course, the art has to come out naturally. I never, never do I adjust my art according to what my readers want. You know, they like it. Lovely. They don't like it. You know, maybe this piece didn't work for them and maybe the other pieces will. So that's the kind of honest readership that I'm looking for. I want my readers to be as open and as experimental towards my, as acceptance towards my writing style as I am towards my art so that's that's the whole thing that what I am looking for and now I think I would like to end this long long conversation that I've had and you know with the poetry piece that I recently wrote I would just like to read out a little poem that I wrote and like every poet I would say I've written better pieces but I would still like to read the latest one that I wrote just so that you know it's fresh still fresh so this one's called um, Our Love in Metaphors. His hands are loose. So are my ocean guards. Do you see us growing together? Drowning. I call it love, darling. When you and I follow each other to ends, I call it my mother's death song. I called it your childhood. Picking fishes from the city pond, slimy skins we breathe. I call it grandma's hot custard. I call it temples in the east. I call it breaking old songs to plagiarized poems. I call it Aunt Jennifer's cashmere cardigan. I call it Sunday porch decks. I call it our breaths sinned into galaxies. I call it stars on fire. I call it green guavas rinsed in honey. 
I call it autumn cracking on your lips. I call it algebra kissing my toes. I call it cold sand and the moon chilling on our placid skin. I call it piano lessons, afternoon naps. I call it my dear you and I walking together to eternity while our oceans lie loose under our feet. That was me, guys. I hope you like listening to me. I just said what I felt. It just came straight out of my heart, and I don't know. Wow, I feel so relieved. I feel so at peace, speaking so much and just pouring my heart out. So yeah, to all the writers and artists out there, keep writing, keep shining, and never, never stop being creative. With love, this is Kavya signing off.